No stairway. Denied. These are not normal times. Uh, this is not acceptable. Sometimes I guess there just aren't enough rocks. Apparently not. This is the Brian Suits Show. Do it now. Do it today. Yes, exactly. AM 770 KTTH Brian Suits here. It is Friday practice and it is high capacity hour of uh, Friday practice, uh, by the way. Uh oh. My, my headphone cord is uh, ramped up again. Oh, that, look at that. I solved it. Mayday. It's like a radio Rubik's Cube. Uh, all right. When we come back, our, we'll start, of course, with our land acknowledgments and uh, and more uh, for high-capacity hour of Friday practice, AM 770 KTTH. Let's get you to work with our right-way traffic. Could we be at the Atlas Shrugged moment in American history? Um, it, 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 possibly. Uh, hey, good morning, everybody. I'm 770 KTTH Brian Suits here with producer Greg. I did a Facebook Live at uh, 5.15-ish. And Ooh. So, and that's uh, up uh, at, fa- at Brian Suits Show KTTH on the uh, the Facebook. Um, and I, one of the dumbest short-sighted things you could do right now is cut any gas tax for, for regular gas. Um, diesel, different deal. Um, because that's how I get my... Well, that's that's how those of you that didn't buy, uh, you know, pounds and pounds of beef and chicken, that's how you get your food. Um, and uh, and I'm thinking about you. I'm a river to my people. But uh, anyway, I was reminded. I got. I can't believe I'm just thinking this now. Remember, towards the end of Ghostbusters, uh, Bill Murray tells Dan Aykroyd when that when the spirit of Gozer, the Gozerian, it comes in the form of that woman wearing a silver jumpsuit. Uh huh. Right. And and he says, "Go tell her, Ray." And Dan Aykroyd gets up Go there. Go get a Ray. <laughs> and, he, and he basically serves a legal notice. And he says, go to the Gozerian, being a duly appointed representative of the, of the state, county, uh, and city of New York, I hereby uh, order you to return to any par- any other world or parallel dimension forthwith or whatever. You know, he reads her, he reads her legal notice. And uh, and the joke is that's not how that works in the fictional movie of uh, you know uh, gods coming back to New York and uh, the whole thing. Uh, well, anyway, in the fictional world called the uh, Biden administration, uh, here's this from yesterday. So let's be honest with one another. My message is simple: to the companies running gas stations and setting those prices at the pump, this is a time of war, global peril, Ukraine. These are not normal times. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you are paying for the product. Do it now. Do it today. Stand up, Chuck. Your customers, the American people, they need relief now. It's crazy that any... That's not how it works. That's <laughs> not how any of this works. That ought to do it, Ray. Uh, that's... that's um, Yeah, I got to get that scene. Anyway, we'll, we'll do that about in the air. Um... By the way, we'll uh, do a uh, first pass on uh, Check Your Text at 800-465-8770. I, 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 it's, it's stunning to me. Oh, by the way, the Secretary of Energy, this Jennifer Granholm, who just thinks you should buy an electric vehicle, um, she, she is having a finger-wagging session uh, with the oil companies this morning. And uh, so we have the confluence of a bunch of things. Today, uh, by the way, uh, the Supreme Court... Um, is an, is a releasing a bunch of opinions at 7 a.m. One of them may be the New York Rifle and Pistol Association, the open carry uh, challenge in front of the Supreme Court. And according to the arguments uh, back in November, 
it, it looks like it's going to be a 63 in favor of the New York uh, Rifle and Pistol Association for open carrier. Uh, that's one of, one of several issues uh, about that that case. Um, no, not a thing here because this is an open carry state. But uh, because uh, we're wise people, we know that you have little to fear from the person who openly carries a handgun. So anyway, but the uh, Dobbs versus whatever, the the Roe v. Wade case, not sure if that's going to be today uh, or tomorrow. It's sort of sort of the getaway getaway day tomorrow um, on that. Very. uh, I didn't even hear this in the news. But on Tuesday. A pair of protesters, apparently there's a short fence and then there's a tall fence inside. The inner perimeter is a tall fence. And a pair of protesters, a male and female, and I tweeted this out. You can you can check the picture out for yourself. The picture is <laughs> graphic. So they jump the short fence and then they flex cuff or handcuff themselves to the taller inner fence. The guy is uh, like wearing shorts, polo shirt, you know, whatever. The The woman is wearing a, a crop top, thin thin fit young woman and she's had it up to here with uh these uh these these wealthy white men that want to own her body so crop top and then white sweats white loose white pants they look like sweats and the crotch has been completely festooned with i don't know if it's paint or real blood oh my god i don't know what point she's making or whatever but anyway that that happened um, and uh, and that's trespassing, by the way. Um, so is that going to be today or tomorrow? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like like I say, with with the gigantic train entering the tunnel, looking down the tunnel, we're going to look back at June as the good times. Um, and more, more on that here in uh, just a second. Here's a theory I want to throw your way, Brian, and see if you agree or disagree. Alito has his opinion leaked, which could signal uh, some sort of overturning of Roe v. Wade or just a potential rolling back of abortion rights that are in law right now. I wonder if that was maybe a warm up. And then when the actual decision is released, some of the sting will have been taken out of it already because of the leaked opinion by Alito. You see what I'm saying? Instead of, oh, totally. So you're, you're saying like a Republican leaked it? No, I'm not saying who leaked it. I'm just wondering if the temperature has been brought down a little bit because people already suspect this is coming rather than the general public is totally blindsided. It's a shock. Usually when things like that happen, the outrage is much more immediate, uh, excessive and over the top. I sort of wonder if maybe the reaction of the most extreme pro-choice wing of the country will sort of be eh because they already suspect this will be the case. Do you see what I'm saying? I I, I think my initial reaction, I'll always look at the money. I I think it's the most likely that a a Democratic operative in the form of a Supreme Court clerk, um, and they're not people with green visors. These are top graduates from Yale and Stanford and Harvard Law Schools and, and all this. That's what clerk means. And um, they leaked it because they're very political creatures and they knew that the contributions in a very down year, the contributions to the DCCC, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, would go through the roof, which they did. It had the effect um, of a gigantic boost in donations to the Democratic Party 
uh, and they turned around and they're they're weaponizing that. You you might have donated money. You or a close uh, business associate may have donated money to them um, be, be, after you heard about that. That was the effect of that, uh, and because they needed they need the money now because they're they're going to lose their A's. And by the way, that that relates with this gas bleating bleating b l e a t i n g about the gas tax and how <clears throat> gimmicky and short-termy it is. And all these vulnerable Democrats are like, 90 days, have you checked the calendar? It'll have almost, it'll have nearly no effect. And uh, it, then you have to put it, reimpose it right before I need people to get me back to Washington. Um, and, and so so I, 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 I think the release of it was a money-making deal for, for, for the Democratic Party. It I, certainly I had that effect. I think that's likely. I just wonder if, you know, privately I've been wondering, man, are we getting ready to see riots and more destruction of American cities after this decision is issued? And I am starting to think more that we'll see some intense protests outside the Supreme oh, yeah. Court, maybe for... 48 to 72 hours, but then I wonder if that dies down uh, sooner rather than later. Typically, I'm a pessimist, but I'm trying to lean into optimism here with this impending decision. Well, it's also dumb. Uh, you know, only the most radical people whose Handmaid's Tale uh, uh, costume has not been used since Trump's inauguration day um, are, are going to be there because all uh, the Supreme Court is likely to say, yeah, this is a state issue. Um, at which point your protest at the Supreme Court is fairly moot. Not fairly, it's entirely moot. You should be back in your state capitol. Uh, so it's not going to happen in any blue state. And and so at that point, you got to go to Republican states like Mississippi and <clears throat> where, where it's like 85% or whatever it is, with some overwhelming majority saying, um, yeah, you shouldn't be able to get an abortion uh, on, you know, on, when you go into labor. You know, there's, there's radical people who think that. Uh, anyway, I'm back in a second. Um, did the head of the World Health Organization accidentally say uh, say out loud or confirm his sus- suspicion of uh, why the world was thrown into absolute chaos two and a half years ago? Yes, he did. Uh, back in the second AM 770 KTTH, our land acknowledgments uh, when we come back here. Let's get you to work with the right way traffic. I am 770 KTTH, Brian Suits here, and I'm I'm working here on land that the Vikings discovered in 1021 AD. My people landed in Newfoundland, Canada, here in North America, and uh, I want reparations. So, um, there. Uh, by the way, I want to see this. It, you have to VPN it to get around the firewall, but BBC has a, a really good documentary about... about the House of Maxwell. You know, Ghislaine Maxwell was the enabler of Jeffrey Epstein um, and his pedophile island and the whole thing. And if you know anything about her dad, then all of a sudden there's all these possibilities. And apparently BBC sort of connects the dots. Not that it's not, not that it's real hard to connect the dots when Robert Maxwell fell off his yacht and was buried as a righteous person in Israel. Uh, there were six uh, prior prime ministers and the five prior directors of Mossad and the current director of Mossad at his funeral. So that's probably nothing. Well, they, and also they do it for everyone. Shocking, but not surprising that the trial of Ghislaine Maxwell sort of came and went without any major revelations. 
Right? I mean, I thought we were going to hear uh, lots what of... What major revelations would you want? Name to, drops. To really? Uh, more what, people what names do you in big hear? trouble. Mm. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to speculate, but isn't it just sort of curious that that was such a high-profile case? And then, like, whatever happened to that? Yeah. And when she gets out, she'll be on a plane to Israel. And, and if, if people are unaware, Epstein was running a Israeli intelligence blackmail ring. And it's what he, to, to the very highest levels of the American government. I mean, Bill Clinton flew to Pedophile Island. And and I mean, I, you know, I, I draw a difference between um, a, a nine-year-old and a 17-year-old the day before her 18th birthday. That's that's what Bill Clinton thought he was getting, you know, or, or whatever. It wasn't like no one's accusing Epstein when he was alive, you know, of single of, of kids under, you know, 17 and 16. But it's still just amazingly slimy that they would groom a 16-year-old and say, oh, yes, you should get into modeling. And uh, do, you, do you want a tan? We have an island in the Caribbean. I'm a huge fan of documentaries, and there's a number of them out on Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. But those are some of the most difficult films to watch because of the explicit details. Yeah, and that's where, uh, you know, getting beyond that to, like, what, what were her connections? Well, her connection is to her dad. And and if you don't know the history of of uh, Robert Maxwell, uh, not his name, he was he, uh, he has a Czech name, uh, changed it after World War II. But uh, anyway, so I'll I'll see if I can if I can get one of several VPNs that I employ. Um, I'll see if I can get to it and uh, give everybody the uh, the lowdown. Um, all right, well here here's this. Uh, let, let's just be real. Um, and uh, about the gas tax. Uh, okay, first of all the. Secretary of Energy, Jennifer Granholm, who runs a department that doesn't generate a single watt of energy or a BTU or anything of energy, uh, she's going to meet with the oil companies today, and she's going to wag her finger and tell them a thing or two about a thing or two. Um, you know, we are going into this with, to have an earnest conversation with them about what it would take. We know that there have been six refineries closed since 2020 uh, vast you know, I think five of them in 2021 and 2021 and um, and we, we want to ask is there capacity to bring something back online to expand so let me let's see how that conversation goes I don't want to assume anything we know that they are feeling um, the the press. how do you think it's gonna go you're the most fossil fuel hating administration in the history of this country really and you think there's a big switch in their boardrooms or something and the lack of understanding how this business works is crazy it's it's like getting on budweiser because of what a bar charges for their bud light you know that once they buy it from the distributor they can charge whatever they want for it um and what was the number from Caruso, 60%. I think I, I thought it was higher, but at least 60% of the places where you gas up are are franchises. They're they're independent operators. They might own just that station, or they might own three or four, and they employ a hundred people. And the business model is um you pull in, you put the nozzle in the automobile, then you go inside, you buy stuff, and then you come out and you complete your purchase. That that's their model. They're the the profit margin, kind of like the bar. Um, it, it's it's not on the alcohol; it's on the food you order, you know, and stuff like that. <clears throat> and there's a the, the fundamental lack of understanding about how this uh, business works 
goes uh, right up to the president who has never spent a, a day in the private sector. And th- this was him yesterday announcing that he wants Congress to drop everything and then drop the federal tax on, on the gasoline for the automobiles. So let's be honest with one another. My message is simple to the companies running gas stations and setting those prices at the pump. This is a time of war, global peril, Ukraine. These are not normal times. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you are paying for the product. Do it now. Do it today. Your customers, the American people, they need relief now. So you're saying stop making a profit at your business. That, that, is, that, that reveals so much. And that's why, by the way, that's why you get two similar prices across the street from each other. Because the one guy sees the other guy dropped it by a penny last night. More volume, uh, volume, volume of traffic is going there. They're buying more Gatorade there buying more Twinkies, you know, whatever. That's why that's done. It's not to get you to buy, uh, you know, cheaper gas. It's to get you to, to get in there. It's, it's crazy. And so and Jake Caruso makes a great point. He says nearly 60% of gas stations are individually owned. So just because it says Exxon doesn't mean they own it. The owner pays royalties to use the branding. And furthermore, those stations make their money in the garage or the store, not at the pump. And margins for gas are a measly 1.4%. So if you're asking these people to just lower the cost of gas, make- I mean, you're taking away all of their margin. We hear these big numbers thrown around like billions here, billions there. Yes, but no one ever talks about actual margins. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's it's um, Why don't you ask Americans to also go inside and buy a Twinkie and a White Claw or a Gatorade? You know, or whatever. I mean, that that's where their money, or they're going to go out of business if they don't attract you in, into uh, into the store. It's funny because one of the most, um, you know, uh, a MSNBC-approved economist, finance guy named Mark Ratner, um, who was Obama's car czar, but I, I'll give the guy credit for this. He just does math, and he's got bad news about, you know, y- y- you want to turn off the federal tax for 90 days and then turn it right back turn it back on right before the election but he has bad news about the the real money the average american would save let me show you some numbers and put some flesh on the bones the average american adult uses 1.8 gallons of gasoline per day multiply that by 90 days this is a three-month program so that's 162 gallons of gas used by the average american you multiply that by the 18.4 cents of federal gas tax, get to $29.80. Brian talked about 40, 50% getting passed through. I'm being more generous based on some other studies. I think 80% gets passed through. So what's the bottom line? The bottom line is the average adult American will save $23.85 mm. over a three-month gas holiday. Three months. Three months. Womp, womp, womp. That was the cruel numbers. It, it's it's a card trick. It, it's so dumb. And I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. I can't wait to teach my daughter even more about supply and demand, about how that works. Um, th- th- you're going to see it play out. A 90-day laboratory is going to happen but between the people that don't understand how business works and the people that actually go to work and try- and have to turn a profit or else there's no stakes in the freezer, right? So there's that. Um, uh, so that's why I'm calling it the Atlas Shrugged moment of 2022. And this completely ignores the train that's in the tunnel. But 
if you've been listening, you know what that is. Um, we'll be back in a second, AM 770. We'll check your text, say early pass, uh, first pass, 800-465-8770. 800-465-8770. Let's get you to work with our right-way traffic. KTJH Brian says here. We'll check your text here in just a second. A first pass early morning for a, a practice Friday, 23rd of June, 2022. There was an interesting poll of Gen Z people, and we, we assume us non Gen Zers, which is 15 to 28, something like that. Uh, um, we assume that like legalizing marijuana. And uh, and why are you got to say it in that voice? Because it's legalizing marijuana. That's hippies. Who is um, that even? <laughs> and uh, and and all that are are their top issues. Their top issues are I I think reflective of like the latest headline. They they're sort of a seat cushion that they they retain the impression of the last person that sat on them. So right now, uh, pulled over the last two weeks, it's like oh school shootings, price of energy. And all that, which probably reflects what America at large would say. Out of 26 issues, the bottom one was marijuana. And, and I'm, I'm surprised that anyone's surprised because if you're unaware, you know, if you're an older baby boomer or something and you say, yeah, it's a, 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 they all want to smoke that jazz cabbage and the whole thing. It's been de facto illegal. Pardon me. It's been de facto decriminalized. Pretty much all their lives, especially here in the Northwest, and and it's it's I think it's just a kind of a, a dumb presumption on people's part to to think that uh, that's even on their radar. Uh, and I'm you know I'm, I'm 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 it's I think we're better off with it decriminalized and and easily accessible because it's no longer cool to be doing it. Because oh, that's par- an interesting take. Your parents are doing it. You probably got it from your parents. Um, and so I'd rather see it like that. I watched the uh, Beatles Get Back documentary a few months ago, and there's a scene in the third episode, I believe, where John Lennon starts to pull out a funny cigarette from uh, his pocket. Uh, was it hippie lettuce? It might have been hippie lettuce. I'm not sure. But you then he all of a sudden catches the camera that's on him, and he's like, whoop, and he does a quick, like hide the cigarette back in his pocket oh, no. and it, it just struck me London. how much times have changed like he was so worried about being filmed potentially smoking a, a doobie uh that you know fast forward 60 years and it's almost a trivial matter now like eh, you kind of shrug when you hear the topic of marijuana come up because like you said it's been completely normalized. It's not even controversial in large yeah. parts of America now. Um, in uh, Check Your Text, uh, Shawnee Rotten from Reseda um, says, which country pegged their currency to Bitcoin, in all caps? Yeah, uh, you've teased that for right? like two straight shows. Uh, El Salvador, the correct answer, El Salvador. El Salvador. In July of last year, they bought several hundred million. This is, uh, keep in mind, not a big country. Not a big budget, you know, the whole thing, anything. Um, uh, what they do, their number one export is MS-13, <laughs> is tattooed faces. And uh, <clears throat> so they, they bought several hundred million of Bitcoin. They made, and it's one thing to make it legal tender. Whatever. 
you know, any merchant can accept it if they want. It's not like you're making it legal tender or whatever, but it's the buying of it. So, um, but but uh, the the American media loves the young hip um, with it. Gen Zer president of El Salvador, Nayib Bukele. I think I'm saying his name right. B u k e l e, and uh, uh, he was elected, being a visionary, and you know the whole thing. And it went with uh, the Bitcoin. And uh, not only that, but it's not just buying Bitcoin at its peak. That's that's kind of the joke about this, that he bought it at its peak. And now it's been a year later. It's cut cut in half. But that's okay because his finance minister, Alejandro Zelaya, is one of those finance ministers that doesn't understand unrealized loss. Oops. The finance minister said, Quote, when they tell me, when they tell me that El Salvador's budgetary risk has increased because of the supposed loss, that loss doesn't exist. That must be made clear because we have not sold, close quote. Open the door. Well, so in other words, does everybody understand this? Your house, your house has lost half its value No, from what you paid for. it. That's the important thing. You, you paid at the at the high tide, right? And five years later, it's, it's worth half as much or whatever. It's, that's a loss. It's it, yeah, you're right. It, it's a loss on paper until you try to sell it. But so anyway, um, well, there's still time to dig a moat between El Salvador and all of its neighbors. Um, but uh, you can walk to the United States apparently and just cross the Rio Grande to get a ticket. Um, from El Salvador when that all melts down. And by the way, BBC did, I, I saw the documentary over the weekend. They're out in the sticks in El Salvador and people are rolling their eyes going, no, no, we don't take it. We take dollars, you know, not, not Reichsmarks or Venezuela pesos or any of that. No, we take dollars. That's what we take here. And then also because another, another deal is Bitcoin mining, which again, in, in October, November of this year, you're going to look back and say, can you believe we were debating pronouns? <laughs> can you believe back in June we were debating whether or not a digital currency had any value? The, the Bitcoin mining requires a lot of electricity, a lot of cheap electricity. And here in the United States, that's in Toppenish. Um, it's in Sela. Okay, so there's that. Well, they're going to build a giant Bitcoin factory in El Salvador. Um, going up the slopes of an active volcano. They're going to drop a bunch of geothermal in there, generate electricity, and have a Bitcoin mine. I still what could go wrong? have no clue about Bitcoin mining or what it means or how it's done. Usually when I, I hear a topic of interest or that people are uh, debating in the public, I go, oh, I need to get educated on that, and I scramble and do a lot of reading and YouTube videos. I'm still completely ignorant on Bitcoin mining. It Doesn't seems like Google some it. mystery wrapped inside an enigma and a riddle. It's Surrounded just, by a question mark. Is it, it actual mining? What, are we talking about digital mining? Are we ta- Digital mining. Heck it it, it is, takes electricity. That's why there was a coup in uh, Kazakhstan at the beginning of the year because they stopped subsidizing electricity. And so it was basically uh, top, top bidder got the electricity. Well, the top bidder, one of the biggest... Uh, industries in Kazakhstan was Bitcoin mining. So, so everybody, uh, 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 all the Bitcoin people were making more money outbidding you for natural gas and electricity. Um, and so there, there people went, there was a revolution. It caused it, uh, uh, there. So 
you know, as I say, what's the worst that can happen? Well, El Salvador goes broke when a giant volcano erupts and melts a Bitcoin <laughs> mine or, you know, whatever. Um, and what about Kaliningrad? Someone asks, uh, uh, for more fun, look into the PMPA, Petroleum Marketing Practices Act. Uh, Hamstrings, the oil companies, much like uh, there are no Ford or GMC-owned car dealerships uh, anywhere. Um, all right. Uh, th- that's a first pass. Sorry we didn't get to, to more. Um, I was monologuing like a Bonville. When we come back, another cell phone. Boy, you, do you like the solar? Do you want America to go sustainable? Well, you, you might have to get a little fuzzy about the rights of the Uyghurs uh, or China in general. Uh, back in a second, AM 770 KTTH. What about the Washington State gas tax? Is Governor Patriarchy McEmergency Powers uh, going to lift it and, and help the people? Uh, the answer, right after this. At, uh, AM 770 KTTH, Brian Suits here. Let's get you to work with our right-way traffic. I'm 770 KTTH. Uh, Brian Schutz here with producer Greg. And I realized uh, last night I need a new binge um, because I, I I don't like doing it, but Peaky Blinders is just so good. I burned through it in two days. You're done. You're up to date. I, and I might start. I, I, I did realize, like I said last week, uh, I never saw season one, episode one. And, and then I, you know, there's a lot I'd forgotten. I might just restart the whole thing, but it's it's that good. I've got a new show for you if you're looking for one. I mean, you solicited ideas. Not so. that new copy of Yellowstone. There's the one in Wyoming now with Josh Brolin and there's eh, like alien. It looks no, so stupid. Limited interest from me. From me, but yeah. I've got two recommendations. One is a new series called The Big Con on Apple TV Plus. It's about a lawyer who uh, exploited the social security system. Uh, brilliantly made, well-produced, and a scandal most Americans I don't think have heard about. And it goes uh, to issues of you know government incompetence as well as oh, it's not a, shady it's lawyers. Not a limited series drama. It's a real actual no. It's a, do- it's a docu series. Oh, okay. Uh, Apple TV Plus, the Big Con. My wife and I are truly enjoying it, and also a docu series by the same producers called McMillions. About the McDonald's Monopoly game yeah, from the nineties. Yeah, I've seen that. Oh, I, yeah, the guy who gamed that system. The by guy who gamed the system. Finding yeah. out where it's printed and all that. Oh, yeah, it's a it's great really series good. and highly entertaining. Mm. And uh, yeah, so those and two are my recommendations. And I realized that, that I hadn't seen. There's a there's a series on Hulu called The Great, and it's about Catherine the Great. I know that sounds really banal and hey dork and all that. It's so good. It's it's absolutely inappropriate for anyone under the age of forty nine. It's it's amazingly good. It and and uh, is it one of those series that tries to like <clears throat> modernize a historical kind, tale? kind of sort? You know, here's the thing about that Bridgerton thing. I've never seen an episode of Bridgerton, but it sort of modernizes Victorian society and all that. Okay, I swear they stole it from the great. Um, it 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 does, but they do it brilliantly, just really brilliantly, and and it's really really funny. But wow, is it inappropriate? Um, I, I would say, you know, I'd lower it. I'd say anyone over 44, you, you can see this, um, but you shouldn't be within a hundred meters of any children, which is anyone younger than you. It's, it's, uh, it's not, by the way, it's not, it's not porn. It's just that the, 
they're so frank and because it very very cleverly reflects the court the russian uh, czar's court of of 18 pardon me 1770 uh, and and they were really depraved people and it's it's really really good anyway i hadn't seen season 2 uh, and that's that's out it, <clears throat> catherine the great uh she cooed her husband who was the son of peter the great and uh and it was very clever um, well, you know, I, I, I'm not about looking back. I'm about looking forward, but I still want to know how Chinese is the COVID bat fever who at some point, I think our kids are going to ask, how come the Chinese didn't pay a price for this? Well, the, they're bought and paid for director general of the world health organization, uh, Dr. Tedros Adhanan Ghebreyesus, uh, not a medical doctor, by the way. Um, he privately has told several European politicians, let me get the wording here, ta, ta, ta. the most likely explanation was a catastrophic accident at the Chinese Center for Disease Control in Wuhan, where infections first spread downwind of the Chinese CDC in late 2019. So weird. Um, and remember, the Chinese have been anything but transparent about this. When the WHO was finally allowed in, whatever, 11 months later, the Chinese negotiated what the truth would be. I mean, they negotiated. They said, okay, you can come in and you can take your your walkthrough, but you have to agree that the possibility that it actually originated in Norway and came here in frozen seafood exists. So the WHO said, eh, whatever, we can't stay mad at you. You bought our our mansions. Um, And uh, so they did. They actually... In that final report, they said it might have originated here or it may be in frozen squid from Norway. Uh, just ludicrous. And <clears throat> there, w- there was so much smoke before the fire. The United States Embassy in Beijing twice inspected that lab because we paid for half the effing lab. Uh, because, and why? Well, because the Chinese were finding all these unique new viruses, SARS and the rest of it. Um, in southern China, in caves from bats. And like in America, we'd say, well, okay, don't eat the bats. <laughs> okay, well, not China, apparently. And and if you if you can keep a disease localized, you do. And so we actually funded quite a bit of the, of the funding for that lab uh, and, and gave the Chinese American standards, the level three standards, you know, and all this. And then we inspected the lab um, twice, like the second time it was inspected, they were propping doors open with chairs and all this. And the Chinese said, oh, well, yeah, the tier of researchers, their expertise is up here. But the tier of average workers, yeah, we just don't have, an, you know, we, we don't know what kind of training they need. And the U.S. experts were like, a lot? How about that? How about how about don't prop the the positive air pressure doors open? The entire point of those <clears throat> is that the doors closed. Then you're filtering out the air and... And all that. Um, and then, oh, by the way, after they were done experimenting with animals, um, you know, you're supposed to euthanize them and then burn them to a crisp. Well, workers at the lab were taking them and selling them. <laughs> and I mean, this is in a report two years before the bat soup fever. They were they were taking animals that were supposed to be destroyed and not just put down humanely, but then burnt to a crisp. They were taking those out and selling them. Uh, I mean, there, there was so much smoke around there. Um, but so anyway, the Chinese immediately went ape yesterday. 
uh, China Global TV Network, CJTN. Uh, th- somebody got to um, Dr. Uh, I have to get his name right because I love saying it. Dr. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus. Somebody got to him and he clarified and said, oh, I never said that to a politician. And then, and then China Global TV, state-run Worldwide TV, <clears throat> they crowed that and said, oh, no, he, he pulled back on that. No, he never said that. Everybody knows he said that to several politicians in Europe because that's the truth and the whole thing. Um, he's, he, is, he was a local politician in Ethiopia, um, <clears throat> minister of health. He, he infamously in Addis Ababa has a house so big on the top of a hill with a uh, east exposure pool and a west exposure pool. And this is in Ethiopia. This is in Addis Ababa. And uh, the source of the funding in that house, oh, well, he, you know, when you go and get a tattoo, he saves that money. You know, when you get a piercing, you know, he saves that money or whatever. But it's, it's uh, you're rolling your eyes saying, surely the disarray that the world has been in for the past two and a half years is not because this guy lied or is not because the Chinese couldn't control a virulent disease that they were supposed to keep in a lab. It, it, I think from the beginning, it was obvious that it was, um, and it turned the world upside down. Um, and, uh, oh, oh, by the way, yeah, speaking of Gen Z, uh, again, the public health cost of the mental health uh, of our teenagers, send the bill to China, you know. But then again, a lot of it was self-inflicted because we didn't, you know, the, the people that were statistically immune are the ones who paying, uh, who paid the price. Because we shut them out of schools. Um, anyway, uh, back in a second. Will Washington's governor lift the state sales tax on the gasoline at the pump? Um, the answer, plus more land acknowledgments, only this time from him uh, and others. Uh, uh, and also the looming food crisis. It's not just about starvation. It's about disease as well. So the, the third and fourth horsemen have showed up. It's perfect 2022. AM 770 KTTH.